What's up, everybody? It's Phil The Voice, your pastor here at Nations Church, Los Angeles. I'm so excited that you've come and you've taken time out of your schedule to join with us in this week's broadcast. I'm excited to share my sermon with you. So we just pray right now in Jesus' name that your life is transformed. We declare and decree healing, transformation, and life change in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's get into the sermon as I keep it real with God and I keep it real with you. Back again to John 15, because I, what I want to really show you today are the two enemies to the abiding lifestyle and to effective Christian prayer. There's two major enemies that will come against you today. This is a good time for notes. If you haven't been taking them, you need to. God will bless you and he's going to speak to you. John 15 verses three through eight. New Living Translation. Jesus is speaking and it's what we've already referred to and read even portions of yet. Already, He says, you have already been purified and purified by the message I've given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you for a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit for apart from me, you can do any you cannot do anything. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me, watch, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. That means you're a real follower. This brings glory to my father. Look, just a couple of things that I want to really highlight before I get to the two enemies of the abiding lifestyle and to effective Christian prayer. The first point that I'd like to say is he says, if you abide in me, that means live within the confines of holy lifestyle and my words abide in you. You can ask what you wish, anything, and it'll be done for you. Watch this. God says this holy lifestyle, this word of God that you are following, he says, not only should you follow it, but it should follow you and it should come and live in you. Come in. Scripture teaches us over and over that there should be an implanting of God's word. And I referred to this earlier. And it should go into your heart with meekness and humility. You should receive it. How many of y'all know sometimes when I get the advice I need from God's word, it's not easy to receive? Huh? Sometimes it's difficult. It'll just make my pride just want to flare up. It just make me feel like, oh, sometimes the devil will say, oh, you're not good enough. And that's not it. The bottom line is Jesus is good enough. And that's the good news. So when we hear the word of God like this, we should not push away, but we should actually open up our heart and receive the implanted word so that God's word comes and finds a home in us. Hear this today. When the word of God is sent, up, sent forth, it's a thought, but it's a supernatural living thought. Okay. We read it. It goes into the atmosphere. And for those who have the, the heart of God, after God, they open up their heart and that word comes and sits in them. Can I hear an Amen. The Bible talks about the implanted word to receive it. When Jesus talks about the gospel, he's talking about ground and seed and that there's some seeds that get choked out by the cares of life. It's always God's way. The word always, the gospel, not just salvation, the full gospel always goes out in seed form and seed has to be cast through the air. Who's the prince in the power of the air? I'm trying to get you off the milk today, please. Who's the prince in the power of the air? Lucifer, Satan. So whenever God's word goes out, there's always satanic attack against God's word. When God says you will be free, your, your family will be saved. Devil says, oh yeah, let me try and fight. 
So for the season that it goes out and for the season that it's not planted deep, the birds of the air, every time the birds are referred to in scripture, refers to demonic powers. These types of birds that are used in Jesus's example. Let me say that the ravens, there are good birds too. the Bible talks about. But you have evil birds. The Bible talks about it. The Bible even says, don't even say certain things aloud for there might be an evil fowl, a bird that hears you. Referring both to the spirits and the possibility for satanic influence on animistic manifestations and people who believe in things like shape shifting and things like that. But we won't go too deep today. Let me just say this. When that word goes out, you got to guard it and you got to receive it with humility. And you can say, God, that's for me. That's your word. Your word will never pass away. It will never. And the de- remember, the devil don't want you to hear these words today. That's why every time you go to church, you get in an argument with your kids. That's why every time you go to the church, you're like, I don't want to go there. Anymore. I'm too tired. I really, really, really get all tired. And that's why that's why that stuff happens. God's got a word for you today. And the word is, this is part of the word, is this, is that you need to receive this word and let that word be received in your soul so that God finds a home in you. He is the living word. When you receive it, you're just receiving another aspect of who Jesus is. Can I hear an amen? This is solid theology, boys and girls. Come on. Now you got to get this in you. So when God says you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength and no weapon formed against you shall prosper, let it find a home in you. And you say, Lord, I thank you that no weapon, it becomes part of your DNA. And everything that tries to come against you, no, it can't because it's in my spirit. I've received an impartation of God's word and that's a lie from hell. I can recognize it. No, 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 no. That's not the truth. That's why you don't even necessarily know the Bible memorized it yet. But all of a sudden, since you've received an impartation, when Christ came to live in you, the whole of the gospel already lives in you. You can recognize when somebody's lying to you. That's not right. That sounds wrong. Why? Because the truth is at home in you. Can I hear an amen? But there is a... There is an active pursuit of pushing that word in your heart. David said it like this, thy word, O Lord, come on now, have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you? Because the word of God is active and it's bearing fruit. And when you believe it, it'll save you in the moment of your trial. It'll save you in the moment of your temptation. When you believe God's word and you begin to get it in you, when you go through trial, it's the first thing that comes out of you. And when the devil comes against your child, you say, no, you can't have my child. I have dedicated my child to God. And God said that if I submit to him and resist the devil that devil will flee and he said train up that child in the way it should go for when it's old it will not depart and God said me and my household shall be saved so I don't receive the lie I receive the truth the word lives in me and the word is living and the devil's a liar and that's the truth everything else can go straight to the dark place Everything else can go straight to the devil. We don't need it. This word has to get in you. Then God says, watch, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, he's talking, if you really be my spouse, if you really live with me, if you really take this thing serious, whatever you ask, I'm going to do it because I love you and because you love me and my priorities are yours. And so yours become mine. I look out for you and I make sure that I'll take care of you and anything that's not from me. Don't worry, I won't do it for you. But everything else, I promise you, just ask me. And I'll do it if you ask me in my name. So the two enemies of abiding 
The two enemies that you need to learn. The first one is human wisdom. Write it down. Human wisdom. The first enemy of divine, Holy Spirit, abiding lifestyle and prayer. The first thing that will stop the effectiveness of your prayer is human wisdom. Human wisdom is the enemy of faith. Human, human wisdom is the enemy of godliness and God, God's wisdom. Scripture says that we should lean not in our own understanding. That we should in all of our ways acknowledge God and he'll direct our path. Scripture teaches us that the wisdom of man is something that God mocks at. That there's a limit to our wisdom. We don't have the aptitude, the fortitude, the ability to see things in a proper light. We are limited because we are not divine. We are not all-knowing. We do not have access to all information. We need that which created us to then again create within us a hunger so that we can seek him for wisdom on what to do. So human wisdom will only get you so far. Human wisdom will get you in a predicament. It'll get you in a situation you don't want to be in, but divine wisdom will literally speak to you and transform your life. I remember there was a young man who came to our church and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and the Lord gave me a dream. And in the dream, I saw the young man and he was, he had, he had went and broke into my house. And at that time I had a studio in my house. I don't anymore. But at that time, the Lord has showed me that this man was trying to rob me. And in the dream, the dream showed him and his uncle and they were trying to hurt my family as well. And in that dream, the dream closed and then I heard a voice and it was a voice of an angel as clear as I've ever heard. It wasn't my Lord's voice because I did not recognize it in that way, but it was a voice that was holy and it was a voice with authority. So it had to be an angel. And I heard that voice and that voice said, keep this man at arm's distance. When you see him, only speak my words to him. Keep him at arm's distance. He means you harm. And boy, oh boy, I knew. And I went back to church and that boy came and I began to speak the word to him. Hear me today. And then another brother said, hey, you know what, pastor? It's really weird. This guy keeps on asking me every day he's at the church where you live. He says he's really trying to find out where you live. And I see, he says, you know, I know him because I invited him to church. I know he's hooked up with some guys that are knuckleheads and that he owes them money. This might not be a good thing. I said, you know, that's weird because I had just recently told him that I had a studio at my house. You know, the devil trying to set you up. God will get involved. He'll give you access, hear me today, to heavenly wisdom that you never had. Do you hear me today? This, this human wisdom says, well, you know what? That guy needs to come over to your house and you need to really minister to him. And blah, blah, Jesus said, hey, Zacchaeus, I'm gonna go over to your house. Do you know you have to be discerning? You have to have a human wisdom that is submitted to the heavenly wisdom and know when to do the right thing. There are times to embrace people into your life and times to hold them at arm's distance because they're not trying to get close to God. They're coming in like the Bible says, wolves in sheep's clothing, trying to prey upon the people of God. And you gotta have the discernment to be able to say, no, 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 baby. And then when God reveals that, thing oh man praise God can I tell you can I tell you and I said you didn't tell him where I live did you and he said I never do that but I'm just telling you everything was off the young guy said and he was from the street too this other kid who had just got saved and he says everything was off in my heart pastor I, I didn't want to tell him anything because I felt like his motives were wrong so guess what God took care of me amen can I, tell, can I tell you, God will take care of you. When you seek his wisdom, he'll give you the wisdom that you need. This is yet one manifestation that maybe you weren't looking at, but this sort of mental sort of orientation that seeks divine wisdom above human wisdom is the orientation that God wants you to have. It not only will protect you from physical trauma and physical trials, but this divine wisdom that comes that is in direct 
um, conflict with human wisdom is a wisdom that's based upon God's word and it is a wisdom that will keep you from from spinning your wheels and not fulfilling your destiny in Christ. When we see things incorrectly, we have there there, beca- there comes a time where when we see things incorrectly, things have a way of being of getting done improperly. Hear me today. I want you to see just see this. If you're in a dark room and you're wearing dark glasses and you're trying to put a puzzle together, it's probably going to get put together incorrectly, unless you're talented and blind and it has braille on it. Can I hear an amen? Do you hear what I'm saying? So when your vision is off, when your lens, your view is off, your worldview is tainted by human perspective and human wisdom. Oh, it's a good job. It's a good place to go. It just makes sense. Then you make these humanistic perspectives. You you garner a humanistic perspective and then you have fruit that's perverted and you think you're coming into a now is the time season, but it's really a yours is the time season. Your will be done, not God's. And we have to make sure that we can perceive the differences. Human wisdom is the enemy of God's purposes in your life. Listen, daily connection and intimacy with Jesus through prayer will ensure proper spiritual vision. Secondarily, daily interaction with God's Bible will ensure that your life and its actions are in alignment with his principles and his purposes. So if you have a question, take it to the word. Thirdly, community will always set itself up as a barrier to help buffet you or stop you from hitting the rails and going all the way into a sinful lifestyle. Safety comes in a multitude of counselors. Never make a life decision without talking to your friends that are godly, your pastors that know you, that have walked through life with you. Never make it in the isolation of the of the vacuum of, 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 of your self-centered uh, universe. Human wisdom will always get you off. But God's wisdom will get you there. I remember years back as the Lord asked me to pastor at this church. He he directed me rather. He instructed me. And I told my wife, I said, babe, I think that we may have to move into this little dumpy apartment and go and serve at this church. And they offered us 400 bucks a month. And I was like, nothing good about it. And we were going to be the youth pastors here. And back then, before I was a senior pastor, and I said, oh, man, you know, I was like, man, God, you know what? If this is your will. It sure doesn't look like it. And God began to show me that sometimes his best is not always the easiest. Hear me. His best is not always based upon which options easiest in my life. His best is not always based upon what makes sense to me. So I had to ask my wife, are you sure, babe? Are you really hearing this too? She's like, yeah, I hear it. I said, well, this may be hard. And for 12 years, we sat in this little dumpy apartment that we cleaned up, we fixed, we painted, we painted, we painted again. We bought every little thing we could to put it in the corners to make it feel good. We put up blinds and blinds on top of blinds and tried to get the sound out because it was so loud on that corner. If anybody knows North Hollywood, I was right down the street from the VIP strip club. That's where I was, right there. And Jesus knew, man. And man, we turned that house into a home and God blessed us and we, we, we banged it out for 12 years. And the Lord in his good grace finally blessed us with the home. And I'm so thankful for that. But let me tell you this today, that there's seasons of just absolute sacrifice that you have to go through. And you have to use wisdom that is not humanly. 
It's not human in its orientation. It's it's spiritual and it's from God. And he says, no, baby, not just yet. Not just yet. Not right now. Just stick with me a little bit longer. Stay on that cross just a little bit longer. There's somebody else that needs to come to me. Just do what I'm asking you to do. It's going to prepare your heart. And when God says it's done, then you can look up to the sky and say it's finished and drop your head and then the glory will come. But guess what? Not until the cross is done. That's when the glory is released is when you get up off that cross. Can I hear an amen? Don't get off a second too early, a second too late. Lastly, my final point for you today, the enemy of the abiding lifestyle, fruitfulness, the enemy of your now is the time season, the enemy of abiding prayer and godly lifestyle. Not only is it human wisdom, but secondly, it's false religion, false religion. When I think of these men that were in the Bible, that Jesus refers to in Matthew 23, they were Pharisees and Sadducees. And the Bible teaches us that they were very interested in just kind of keeping the letters of the law and all of the forms and cleaning, so to speak, the outside of the cup. Let me read this portion of the scripture so you can understand what I mean. Jesus says, what sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, you're hypocrites, he says, hypocrites. For you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are all, you are filthy, full of greed, self-indulgence. Jesus is saying that there is an expression of, of godliness. There is a form of godliness that denies his power. His power is his gospel. It's the fullness of who he truly is. There is, in essence, there is this sort of spiritual manifestation that has very little to do with actually following Jesus, this false spirituality. Matter of fact, Luke talks about this when he talks about the Pharisee and the publican, the two men that go up to pray, and they go up to the temple to pray, and one prays to the Lord, and he was a tax collector. He was an extortionist. He was a thug. He was hired out by the Roman government who had done inquisition, who brought an inquisition onto Israel, and he was kind of a seller out to his own people so they kept him in what they called the court of the Gentiles and the other guy that went up to pray that day was a Pharisee he was a religious leader he looked like a pastor and he was probably wearing his Armani suit and everybody when Jesus was telling the story would have thought automatically that the holy person was the preacher but it wasn't and Jesus was messing with them and he was telling this two men went up to pray and one prayed to the Lord but the other prayed thus unto himself he wasn't even praying to God, but he began to just, the Bible says, because he wanted to be seen amongst the people, he began to pray out loud. See, this is a form of God, but it's not God's power because his power would be his gospel manifested in this man's life. But this man wasn't even praying to God. He was praying to himself. And he said, Lord, I thank you that I'm not sinning like these people. And I thank you that I'm not like him over there that extortioner and he points his finger and now there were religious traditions within the Judaistic sort of tradition where they would list prayers with thankfulness once or twice a year that God had preserved them from evil but it's clear that this man stood over that line of what is what, what was acceptable when he pointed his finger and compared himself and Jesus said these two men went up to pray but only one came back righteous and right with God and the Bible says the guy who was over there beat his chest and would not even come up and lift up his head but stood afar off and said God have mercy on me the sinner he said I, I, I am the sinner don't compare me to anybody I'm the sinner of sinners Lord I'm messed up and because he looked at himself because he was honest with God because he had a true broken and contrite spirit the Lord Jesus had mercy on him see it's not about everything that you do right in life it's not about every little thing that you do right but if you're honest with God and your prayers are real and you're saying God I really want to follow you I've made a lot of mistakes the Lord tells you today I'm going to hear your prayer I'm going to answer your prayer I'm going to save your life I'm 
I'm going to touch your family and I'm going to bring you into a season of fruitfulness that you've never seen because his goodness is not dependent upon our goodness. His faithfulness is not dependent upon our unfaithfulness. His love is not dependent upon our lack, but he's good when we're not. In our weakness, his strength is made perfect. Can I hear an amen? And see this Pharisee, he was full of false religion. He thought that he would repeat these prayers that they did traditionally. He thought that he would just keep on saying the same old stuff that he would and that he would even compare himself out of his insecurity to a brother who was far off. And the truth was that God said, man, you're so far from me. You're doing all the stuff you're supposed to, but boy, are you a hypocrite. Boy, are you running through the hoops, wearing your fancy outfits, going to church every Sunday, leading that Bible study from home, but boy, you don't even know me. See, a real person who knows God, the scripture teaches us, obeys God. Matthew 7, 21, Jesus says it this way. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. See, God wants you to do the will of the Father. And the beautiful thing is that the will of the Father is entirely laid out in scripture. Can I hear an amen? The will of the Father is clear. It's in this Bible. All you got to do is see who God says you are. See what God wants you to do and simply obey it out of love and adoration to him. Can I hear an amen? Praise God. You got to be a little more excited than that. Come on. Praise the Lord. I'm excited today because I believe that if you will get these two thoughts down, that you will save yourself from great trial and great trouble. Stop thinking with human wisdom. Start thinking with divine wisdom. Stop praying in some sort of pattern of false religion. Don't just repeat the Lord's prayer and wrote like Jesus taught us. He said, but pray from your heart. Pray my kingdom come, my will be done. Pray according to this outline and let these things just absolutely permeate your heart. And as we follow Jesus's outline for prayer in Matthew, as we follow Jesus's example here today. I believe that as we push false religion out of the equation, hypocrisy out of the equation, as we begin to abide in his word, as we begin to abide in prayer, as we begin to abide in, in worship, as we begin to abide in fellowship, like your life's going to be transformed and people won't recognize you. And God will say, okay, as you've received my word in you and it's found a home in you, you're going to get ready to stand up on your feet and cry aloud and sing a barren one. And you ask what you want and I'm about to give it to you today the Lord says you ask what you want because you abide in me and my word abides in you and it gives my father glory that you bear much fruit amen stand up with me and thank him in this place begin to give him praise in this house father we lift up our hands to you we thank you for who you are we glorify your name we thank you that now is the time Lord to abide and pray to birth the things in the spirit just as Elijah did a man with the same trust the same struggles as us. He bent over in the birthing position. Lord, with his hands on his knees. And he prayed to God. And for three years, the rain was stopped. And he prayed again. And for three years, Lord God, that rain came back. And Lord, we thank you for it. Give him praise in his house. What a blessing it is to hang out with you every week. I want to say thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to sit with us and to sit under the ministry here at Nations Church LA. We have a vision as a multi-generational, multicultural, multi-ethnic church. We really have a vision to reach the world. Matthew 28 is our credo. We're thankful that you're a part of that as we make disciples of all nations. Amen. God bless you. Thank you again for tuning in. Can't wait to talk to you next time. And remember, keep it real with God and keep it real with others.